0: And join us now as we explore God's Holy Word.
1: Amen. Thank you for joining me. Today we are in Genesis. Genesis 31. We're going to be going through uh, 13 verses here and looking at what thus saith the Word of God. And this should help us understand some great principles in the Bible that we can apply to our lives immediately. And the Bible is... Two section, it has two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament, but it's really one book. Amen. It's one book, and it's all about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and it really points to so many important uh, facets of uh, living at life, living as a Christian. The Bible, sometimes you might have heard, is called uh, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. You know, The idea is uh, we are very blessed to have it. We should use it. We should live by it. And it'll help us. And here in Genesis 31, uh, 1 through 3, we see some key life-living examples that many people may gloss over if they don't look carefully. So Genesis 31, I'm just going to read a few verses, and I'll stop and then give some context. Genesis 31, verse 1, And he heard the words of Laban's sons saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, or the look on his face, and behold, it was not toward him as before. And the Lord said unto Jacob, return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. So in the first three verses of Genesis 31, what do we have happening? We have Jacob, and Jacob is the son of Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham, right? So not too off from Father Abraham, Jacob had been sent to the land over there um to marry a relative of his father because he did not want uh, did not want jacob marrying a Canaanite woman like esau had done so what do we have here we have him going off the trickster jacob who had uh tricked um so to speak tricked uh esau out of his birthright over a, a bowl of soup had uh, stolen the blessing Uh, that the eldest should have received. Uh, Now he gets tricked by Laban, and he's been uh, really manipulated by Laban for 20 years, and he's going through um, all kinds of hassles, and it's the worst kind of hassle because he's in love with Laban's daughter, uh, Rachel, and so he's there for seven years, and then he ends up getting tricked and marrying Leah, and he's there for seven more years, and then Laban gives him Rachel, but says, please, you know, I see you're a man of God, and God is blessing you. Please don't leave. And so he's manipulated, he's tricked, he's, he's brought through a lot of hardships there uh, and he can tell that Laban keeps cr- trying to trick him. And the time had come for him to leave And the Lord speaks to him and says, return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. You know, sometimes when we're going through something, uh, maybe a hard situation, maybe uh, we're being manipulated by someone, maybe we're in a battle of some kind, maybe we're in a struggle, God may convict us to do something. And we see that Jacob does not wait. He, He goes ahead and he does it right away. And we, I believe as Christians, oftentimes will question God and we'll look for more of a sign from God and we'll uh, kind of debate about it. And look, if it's really from God and God convicts us, then we need to move. And God's going to allow us to see evidence in our life that's going to allow us to move. We see here in, G- we see here in Genesis uh, 31, uh, it starts off with, and he, being Jacob, heard the words of Laban's sons. Okay, so Laban's Uh, natural-born sons, not a son-in-law like Jacob, but his natural-born sons, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. So the sons are jealous of him. And Jacob could see the countenance or the look on Laban's face. And so Laban, again, he is the father of the two women, uh, Leah and Rachel, that he married, and he could see the look, and it's not the same look that it used to be. And so they're probably getting a little sick and tired of Jacob being so blessed by God and being so richly blessed by God. And sometimes them, even though they keep trying to connive and get the gain, they keep losing the gain. And so what that is, in a way, I believe it's God's providence that allows Jacob to kind of wake up and smell the coffee, so to speak, to wake up and see, hey, maybe I'm not as welcome here as before. Hey, maybe things aren't going to be as as, uh, cordial as they have been. Maybe they're going to get worse. And so the Lord plainly says to him return to your to your land to your fathers you know get out of there go back to Canaan but in not just speaking it the Lord also shows him through other people what's going on. And when we look around at our circumstances as we face battles and as we feel convicted by the Lord to do something, the uh, people around us can help reinforce what God is communicating to us. And God will use other people in circumstances. And again, especially if it's people that are unaware of what God's convicting you to do and they're all kind of communicating the same thing to you and the Lord is convicting you to do it, now you really know it's of God. And here's what we need to understand. For the last 20 years, uh, Jacob, who basically grew up now in this land uh, and had many children in this land and uh, had two wives, two concubines, so at least four there, women in his life in this land, had gained much in this land, he's now going to look at immediately getting up and getting out of there. And so that's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be easy. Following God is always right. And it's always fruitful, no matter how scary it might look at the time. Sometimes the Lord calls us to do things that seem pretty frightening. And I remember when I was praying about the radio ministry, uh, the Lord had convicted me to get involved in it. And I was not necessarily putting it off, but I was thinking, oh, well, maybe that's just me, you know, thinking that way, being in the media world or something. But the Lord had kept tugging at my heart about it, and it was a little frightening to start. But as I took that first and second and third step, I realized that there was reinforcement there. It's what God wanted me to do. It's what God called me to do. And it's bearing fruit, amen. So that's a simple example. But what is the Lord calling you to do? What has the Lord put on your heart? What signs and circumstances is God using in your life to kind of communicate that or kind of usher you along? You know, we're called uh, sheep in the Bible, and sometimes you'll get a stubborn sheep, and that sheep doesn't really want to move or doesn't want to go where you want it to go. And as f- I don't, I've never owned sheep, but as I understand, sheep kind of like to wander around kind of aimlessly. Oh, this looks good over here. Oh, this looks good over there. I drive by a pasture full of sheep almost every day, uh, taking our oldest to school. And again, they're just kind of here, there, and everywhere. And so maybe some of us are here, there, and everywhere, and God wants to guide us down a certain path and he's going to have to kind of prod us and convict us and he'll use others in our lives to do so. Let's continue on in Genesis 31 verse 4. And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field unto his flock and said unto them, I see your father's countenance so the look on his face and that it is not toward me as before, but the God of my father hath been with me. And ye know that with all my power I have served your father, and your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffereth suffered him not to hurt me. Uh let's see here, make sure I'm stopping at the right place. So we see, uh, I am stopping at the right place, so we see here that the Lord won't leave us without help. So first we see a call to Jacob, a conviction on Jacob that he needs to leave. We then see that there are others that are helping reinforce that conviction, okay, because uh, the, 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 the natural-born sons are jealous, uh, and, and, um, the, the look has changed on, on his boss's face, for lack of a better word, his father-in-law, but his boss's face. Uh, and so we see the surroundings are, 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 convicting us. God's convicting us. And then we see it's, it's even though not easy, it's important to do. And now here we see the help come in that, you know, God uses, um, these circumstances, uh, in a way that can help others understand the need as well to help join you on that journey. And so sometimes you'll talk to somebody, maybe the Lord's convicting you to do something, and you'll talk to someone and it's like they already know what you're going to say because the Lord has impressed upon them in some way. And that could be discernment, that they could also see what you're seeing. That could be uh, through many different ways. I and mean, the Lord's ways are so much higher than our ways. But I believe this is true, not just then in Genesis 31, but today. God will work in the hearts of those intended to help you so that your move or your action that you're taking makes more sense to both you and them. I really believe that. I mean, it, I, I've, I've heard people say this too, and I don't remember the exact quote, but something like, you know, if, if God's really in it, we don't have to make a sales pitch. We don't have to convince people sometimes of doing what is right, you know, uh, and and me being in marketing and stuff, especially if I'm talking to Sue, my wife, I'm cognizant of that sometimes I'll tell her okay honey that's my sales pitch or that's what I'm thinking you you take with it what you think or what do you think or am I am I way off you know because I don't want to convince someone of something that God doesn't want me to do I want God to impress on that person enough that they are naturally on the same page or if they're not that they put me in my place, which of course she has no problem doing. Uh, But God will work in the hearts of those intended to help you uh, so that your move makes sense to both you and them. Uh, We're looking at uh, uh, bringing in some foster children into the home. We've talked about it for years. Uh, but now just seems to be the time. And that's a very difficult conversation to have with your family because you're bringing someone new into the household. And there's always a problem in a house, you know, that if you have a family, if you have a house, there's always problems. There's always problems here. Like there's always problems everywhere. There was never a good time to say, okay, let's bring some strange kids in here, you know, and we'll see how that goes. But as, as I had talked to my wife about that, it was like she was already thinking the same way and God had prepared her heart. And I believe that because I kept telling her, we're not going to do it unless we're on board together as a family, and in my mind, I'm thinking of this godly principle that the Lord won't leave us without help. And then we see here um, something interesting that that Jacob mentions here in in, uh, Genesis 31, and it's in verse 7. Let's see here. And your father hath deceived me and changed my wages 10 times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. Amen. Not to hurt him. And so we see that God had protected Jacob from being hurt, even though this guy kept tra- Laban kept trying to change his wages over and over again, or he did change his wages over and over again. And then let's see here what happens. Verse eight: If he said, "Thus the speckled shall be thy wages," then all the cattle bear speckled. And if he said, "Thus the ringstocked shall be thy hire," then bear all the cattle ringstocked. That thus God had taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. That's verse nine. And so what? What you have to think of this time, okay? What was valuable in a time, uh, Bible times, time of Jacob? What was valuable then? Agricultural resources. So literally, uh, seeds. You'll read later on in Genesis that Joseph gives his brothers and his family seeds to plant, to sow, so they can grow things. You can go to Dollar Tree and get a bag of seeds for a dollar, I think. You you can go to Walmart and get seeds for, for very little. But back then, seeds were very valuable because that was a crop that you could then grow and eat and also trade and sell. Water was very valuable back then. A well would be very valuable. We'll get to that in a little bit. But water was very valuable back then. Today, we take water for granted, right? You just turn on the tap. You don't think much about it. Um and cattle. So, cattle was a sign of wealth. Uh, you know, uh, Job, right? Speaking of all the cattle that Job had, and you go through the book of Job and starts inventorying a lot of his cattle and his livestock. You know, and look, cattle is still very valuable today. You can quantify it. You can look at what the market rate is for, for a cow or a pig or whatever it is. So you can say cattle is valuable today, but back then it was really a, a way to account it for wealth. And what we see here is a very interested, interesting principle that as Laban tried to trick Jacob, the man of God, amen, um, who later becomes Israel, literally the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, right, um, the grandson of Abraham, right? As God tries to trick Jacob, or not God, if as Laban tries to trick Jacob, God blesses Jacob more and more, and so we see, you know, these types of um, livestock. Thus, if he said the speckled shall be thy wages, then all the cattle, cattle bear a speckled, and if he said the ringstock shall be thy hire, then uh, then bear all the cattle ringstocked, and so we see that God was blessing. Was that anything Jacob did? No, other than believing on God. Friend, do you believe in God today? That's all he's asking you to do is believe. I thank you so much for listening to this first part of a several-part message on Genesis 31. Tune in next time as we continue our study in the book of Genesis. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care, God bless, and amen.